1: And Happy New Year! Welcome to our Vantage Point The Retro Wrestling Podcast here on Monday, January 1st, 2018. I'm still Joe Morata, and this is still the same old Michael Quinn. How you doing know there, Michael? Happy Howdy duty New Year. <laughs> How Howdy duty New Year to you as well, sir? Yes. Nice to see you here in 2018, folks. Thanks for being with us. Hopefully you're off on this day, this Monday here in the new year.
2: Well, I hope so because I hope people so. are probably like drank way too much last night and <laughs> yeah I know
1: it's so not a good day to go to work. It literally just turned midnight as we're doing this. We're live, right? We're as live. Always, sober, yeah, straight as an arrow, yes. And we uh, we thank you guys as always. New Year, Quinn. But the same retro wrestling. Although I guess every uh, topic now turns a year older, right? Yes, we can we can do something one year newer than we could last year. So we can
2: head into like two thousand two now, <laughs> yeah. I guess, or something <laughs> exactly. like. Yeah. Well, what's even the cutoff? While we're know. here on the New Year's episode, what what would you say is like? <laughs> Is it like 20 years exactly? So No, maybe like 15, I'd say, right? 16? So <laughs> 16 what, years. what is that?
1: Let's just say somewhere around 02, 03, or 09. We're not sure yet. Okay,
2: so we're at least like in the ruthless <laughs> aggression era, as
1: they call it. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. yes, we are. But folks, thank you for not having any ruthless aggression and continuing <laughs> to listen to us. Uh, before we get started there, we've got some great topics, I'm sure, as always. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you to follow us on Twitter. If you haven't yet, you can do that by going to at OVP Pod. Podcast. And as always, you can tweet at us and send us the giffies. Yeah, the giffies and the swiffies and <laughs> the swiffies, the, yes. the twitteries <laughs> and all that stuff. The tweeties. Yeah. Uh, you can email us if you have anything to email to us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. But really, the hot place to discuss the cold topics yes. <laughs> is over at our Facebook group, Quinn. The cold foot
2: topics <laughs> over... You go to Facebook, right? I have yeah. that yeah okay on facebook yes everyone get your computers ready okay in the search you type our vantage point dash okay. retro wrestling podcast okay and then you'll find our group hit join yep. and we'll we'll approve we'll probably we're probably waiting it's probably like three in the morning or whatever right now <laughs> right when you're listening to it right right, right. and we hit approve uh-huh. and what happens on the group well all sorts of things jokes and you know photoshop yes. of bonnie's head on things and an occasional picture or video of Quinn and I watching something horrible. With my blanket. Your yellow blanket, fir- yep. This is the first acknowledgement of the blanket on the show. <laughs> you finally peeled back that blanket just enough, huh? Yeah, the, the yellow, <laughs> my favorite yellow blanket. <laughs>
1: It's so, so warm. So be sure to go to Facebook and join the Our vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast discussion group. Yes. It's a great place to discuss things that are so important you yes. know, to the retro wrestling community, of course. Yep. And um, a couple of shout-outs to some of our friends of the show. We have the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, W P A N Quinn. Yeah, Great, I've heard show. Of it. Great it, show. It's good,
2: good topics lately. Good
1: topics lately. It's hosted by independent wrestling referee Mike Crockett. Mean Mike Crockett. Yes. And, not uh, Mike McGurk. No. Not mistaken with Mike McGurk. <laughs> <laughs> and independent wrestler The Kingpin Brian Malonis. And they discuss uh, various topics. Sometimes they'll interview people. They they do some good work over there. Yes. Another one who's a, uh, we call a little brother of the show. Little Petey, you mean? Little Petey Winson. Yes. He hosts. Greetings from Allentown. Yes, he lives in Allentown. He lives in Allentown right in that dingy <laughs> yes. arena back then. And each week he drives from Allentown to any other arena to watch the wrestling. Yeah, he takes notes on the wrestling, and then so he, <laughs> he has to use his DeLorean to yes. go back and go to ninety three WCW or something. He does, and then he drives back to Allentown to uh, to greet us. Yes, from there. So we'd like you to check out that show if you haven't already. It is called Greetings from Allentown, also known as GF Allentown. Yes, and it is as good a show. As you can get, especially for one man hosting it. Yes, it is. So, I I have no qualms with that show. We salute you, Petey. Couple other quick things. You can find us wherever podcasts are. I'm sure you know that by now. So yes. like if you're listening on SoundCloud,
2: like don't just find a podcatcher yeah. We're on it. You can get Apple Podcasts, you can get a Google Play Music, yeah. Stitcher, Auto, yep. Otis, yeah, Thank you, and, and all the other fine podcast <laughs> retailers. Near you. Yeah. yeah. But
1: anyway, you can leave us a five. 5-star review on the Apple Podcast iTunes. We would really appreciate that. Yes. And we have something big coming up soon. Uh, not this coming Thursday, but the following Thursday, January 11th. Right. It is 25 years of Monday Night Raw. Is it now? So it's going to be 25-year Monday Night Raw celebration, and I was collecting until yesterday your fan submissions about your favorite or least favorite Raw memories. I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this today and you forgot to send in your voice clip, I'll give you until the end of today, okay? We'll give you till tomorrow at midnight, January 2nd, to send in your Raw clips, okay? We want to hear from you. Don't worry about how your voice sounds. Don't worry about your sound quality. Just record a thing in your phone for one or two minutes. saying
2: use the voice memo thingy and send it. Saying, I really liked Crash Holly or or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, I really like Crash Holly, so we're definitely playing that one. I didn't like Bob Holly.
1: Yeah. Fine. Whatever you want to say, tell us about your favorite or least favorite or both. Raw memories, one and two minute clips. Send it on over to ovppodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Okay. Okay. Quinn, here on episode number 63, here, the new year, we uh, have some great stuff we've been doing uh, for this new season, have we not? Yeah. And the reason for that is because if, if you followed us last season, folks, wrestling's over. We yeah. went up to 2001. We finished the wrestling. <laughs> we finished all the wrestling. We decided we're going to do a game show. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of Pop the Question. That is where we take questions direct from you, the fans. And if you have a question you want to send to Pop the Question, please feel free to send it to at gmail.com and let us know what you would like us to talk about as we select questions from the fans at a random quinn yeah i would say ear market question wheel as we're calling sure it. the question wheel quinn why don't you give the old question wheel a spin there
2: all right what do we got quinn well it looks like we landed on a question from bill Cowie. ah the old wrestling man himself the wrestling man himself all right what do we got it looks like we landed on Starcade or WrestleMania? Wow. what that's a that's a big one, huh? That's a big one.
1: Thanks, Bill. Billy and Kelly the wrestling man, big friend of the show. Well, which one is still
2: around? <laughs> wow, <Well>, okay. <laughs> I know you were going to start there. Of course you did. But I mean, Starcade has its merits, right? I mean, it's sure, not, it's sure not just sure. Complete junk. No,
1: no. Starcade, obviously, if you if you're not familiar, folks, was the Jim Crockett Promotions um, precursor to WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, it, it was w- actually
1: two years before WrestleMania. Two years. Starcade '83. It was a Thanksgiving tradition from '83 to '87. Right. Vince McMahon then butted in. Yeah, no shit. It was on closed circuit. 83, 86. In 87, Vince McMahon got wind that Crockett was going to run Starcade on pay per view. Uh, how dare he? Yeah, how, how dare, dare, dare he, anyone right? Anyone
2: have anything on pay per view but Vince McMahon. Right.
1: And Vince would never want to hurt anybody, only yeah. help himself, right? Yeah. So he's Insert like. Insert clip of him, like, <laughs> saying that.
2: You, remember, you know what I'm talking
1: about, too. Oh, I sure do. Why would you
0: do it directly against us? The only logical reason is just that he was trying to hurt us.
1: What we had and said was Survivor Series up against Starcade. The pay-per-view companies were like, "Hey, never do that again," right? Because they lose revenue n- no matter what. But you know, you know
2: Joe, yeah. that there's no way they were pointing the finger at Vince. They were pointing the finger at Crockett, even though he had had this established program I like know. for like a long ass time.
1: It is true. Uh, so basically, that's when Starcade got moved to December and became more associated with Christmas time right. uh, in 88. Right. So it was never up against Vince again. Now, obviously, Starcade ran until the end of WCW. The last one was Starcade 2000. Here's
2: the thing about that. It, so it was never up against Vince. It wasn't up against Vince in the first place. He made it up against Vince.
1: Vince, what, history is written by the winners, Quinn, and Right. Vince butted into Crockett's territory, no pun intended. That's
2: why you can't really blame WCW sure. when they put Nitro on. It's like right. they no, did no, no, the same course. bullshit to them on their like biggest show <laughs> of the year. But that's the brief history of Starcade.
1: It was yeah. it was Jim Crocker promotions, baby, you know, it was our annual wintertime, you know, Thanksgiving classic. It then became WCW's basically WCW's WrestleMania from the late eighties throughout all of the nineties right. to two thousand. WrestleMania, we all know pretty well by now, um, was first aired on closed circuit primarily in 85 Yes, from Madison Square Garden March 31st 1985 limited access on pay-per-view WrestleMania 2 was the first full-time on pay-per-view and WrestleMania as we know it is still a thing today right within the last 10 years I'd say it's become more sold on its name
2: than anything else. Which I don't like that. Oh, I, I think and a lot I, of people don't. I guess we'll talk about that in the Wrestlemania episode yeah, this year. It, it, I, that'll you know, come off. We always talk about Wrestlemania every year. Right. But However, as far as the the question at hand, Quinn. The question at hand, Starcade at Wrestlemania, I will say this about the like the early Starcades. Sure. They're definitely better than Wrestlemania 1 and 2. I agree. We watched I do agree. We watched like the first two now, right? We I watched mean, the first two together, Starcades. Yes, and 83 I, and 84. I've seen a bunch of them also. They, they degrade after a while, but like the first couple Starcades are like on par if not better than oh, WrestleMania yeah. 1 and
1: 2. Well, I mean, certainly WrestleMania 2 is is pretty bad. Yeah, but even WrestleMania 1 as far great. as most of the
2: card it's, it's just like it's just show. it's the March you know, MSG show. MSG show. It's That's, a
1: glorified house show, right? With celebrities, right? Whereas Starcade, the first two especially, it was like they brought in these guys from all over the NWA. It's
2: like every territory, all these titles on the line, sure. and the matches are good. Sure, sure. That's the other thing.
1: Uh, in terms of beyond the early eighties, though, I mean Vince with WrestleMania three.
2: That defined what WrestleMania is. That's the dividing point, right? Yes. And that's where Starcade couldn't live up to that.
1: There was no way it was going to because it could have either could have stayed as its regional, you know, Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah. Thanksgiving
2: holiday fun time. Which as far as a show is concerned, Fantastic. it's great. In front of the Greensboro crowd. Absolutely. They love it. They, it's fantastic. It's a pretty big arena. Like, it's not small, by right. any means.
1: But when Vince is able to hold WrestleManias, by the 80s even, like, yeah. all over the place, large arenas, casinos, wherever, right? Yeah. Skydome a few years after yeah. that. How do you compete with that? You can't keep it in Greensboro.
2: Right. And they had to take it out. And I, I believe Cornette had, a, had so- said something interesting. He was there. He would know. Sure. It was one of the biggest mistakes they made leaving Greensboro as far as attracting a crowd is concerned.
1: Right, because what it, what it basically did is it took away all the charm also mm-hmm. that it had as being, you know, this is the Greensboro North Carolina thing. You know, it's just yeah. a starcade every single year. It did allow it to somewhat compete with WrestleMania yeah. by pulling it out of there and letting it go National, but I would say that overall as a Pay per view, historically, WrestleMania is better. You know, overall. This
2: might be hot take, a, sure. bit, a bit revisionist and looking back at things cheery eyed and nostalgic. Go ahead. But Starcade was such an attraction, especially in the Greensboro area, right? Sure. They were closing down highways, people getting there, right? They yeah. were turning people Absolutely. away. Absolutely, it was huge. Right. Would it have been so far fetched to imagine that Greensboro would have eventually like built a bigger arena? If if they had a commitment from this company that was going to bring in like you know like a lot of people into their town like
1: I don't know if you can justify a uh, a new arena and the cost of it based on on one maybe event a bigger per year. arena
2: in its place maybe. I don't know
1: I don't know but what I can say is this this will be my final word you can have yours and then we'll we'll spin the wheel again for another yeah. question is. I don't think even by like the mid 90s, forget anything after WCW closed, okay? The yeah. mid 90s. Right. I don't think any aspiring wrestler had it in their head like, man, I can't wait to main event Starcade. Right. It was. It
2: had lost its luster. Yes. And, you know, part of the downfall, like we said, was moving. Yes. And then just like, they just couldn't compete, man. Right. Like they, and it wasn't, I don't really, for me, at that point in time, it doesn't feel like their fault. They were just. Right out muscled right. by this like guy who this titan like they yep. had that had a bunch of money yep. because he's the New York territory and yep. th- that's the end of the story and that's what happened so yeah.
1: Uh, were there great starcades? Yes. Great matches absolutely. Was it important? Yeah, even th- even through the end, it was. Yeah, but, but over- we're just talking about the event itself. The event. But yeah. overall, my my vote goes for WrestleMania. There's many more memorable things that happened there, even up until WCW closed. Like, forget anything right. after. I'm gonna go with Wrestlemania.
2: Uh, yeah, I have to go with Wrestlemania too, because to me, really comparing them only goes up to when Jim Crockett has to sell. Yeah, really. I mean, honestly. And even so, great starcade events, but I mean, WrestleMania three, four, and five. To me, that would still be Crockett's yeah. domain. Give or, give I, I, or take. Five my, not so much, but it's the same concept. Those are great shows. Yep. Period. I know four is not the most
1: amazing no. thing, but it, it's memorable. It's company defining, yeah. and it's WrestleMania defining. Right. So we're in agreement there. WrestleMania. Thanks for the question, Bill Quinn. Why don't you give the wheel another spin and let's see what we get.
2: All right, what do we got, Michael? Well, this one comes from Filippo Festuccia. Mamma Mia! Oh, our Italian friend there, our Filippo. Friend from Italy. Yes. He says, "Does the worked shoot fighting thing that Anoki and TNA Era Russo love make sense?" <laughs> well, I would first have to say and tell me
1: what, what you think of my interpretation of this question, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Russo and Anoki are two totally different
2: mentalities. There, he, what he's <laughs> getting at is strong that, style. That uh, that, That's TNA, a no that TNA Russo era. Yeah, what he's getting at with that, and I know exactly what he's getting sure. at is. Um... They put on a uh, Joe versus Angle match and they hyped it as like it was MMA oh. in like a cage thing.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for one fall and is for the TNA Heavyweight Championship of the World. Uh, like it was like okay. an
2: octagon. Okay, okay, I got you. So like that, that they were going for that. And that, all
1: the, the shoot fight style that Anoki did, that type of thing where this is real. Right, exactly. Um,
2: My fundamental problem with
1: that... Tell me what you think, Quinn, is if wrestling in terms of kayfabe is already supposed to be real. Mm-hmm. How are you making it like more real? Like, how do you sell that? It's
2: like what these guys normally do is real, but this is even more real. Well, I think the fundamental problem is actually like, <laughs> I don't understand there. They're, you're, think, you're thinking a little too kayfabe. I'm thinking in terms of, well, that's the, well, here's the curtain what, that we protect. Here's what I'm thinking. Sure. More in a case. So you're going to tell me, right? You're going to tell both guys one guy's supposed to win, right? Sure. But at the same time, I'm going to say, but you have to fight for real, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you expect to happen if the guy that's supposed to lose gets a blow that knocks the other dude out by accident? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Because they're really trying to fight. It's,
1: it's a worked shoot. Right. But yeah, I got you. No, that's true. But doesn't, from a suspension of disbelief standpoint, isn't it weird to you? Like, I remember that with the Brawl for All. Yeah. Okay. Everyone knew in 98 that freaking wrestling wasn't real, right? Right. So much so that people thought the Brawl for All wasn't. So, how do they come out and say, well, folks, this is real? But well, this other wrestling is okay. how do you use that? Is my question as a selling point? If it's always supposed to be
2: real, how do you sell a shoot fight? I considered it. Oh, I guess this was just me. I don't know. Sure, but go ahead. like even as a kid, like because it was so known that wrestling was fake, sure. I just felt when they said the brawl for all, for example, right, that I was like, okay, like this is like a separate thing. It's okay. It's it's real. The rest of it is <laughs> is the normal wrestling. I okay. didn't think normal fake wrestling. I just yeah, thought no. the normal wrestling.
1: And that's fine. And I'm sure a lot of fans got that. But I'm talking yeah. from a marketing... How do you position that? It's just weird. You know what I mean? It puts them in a very delicate position.
2: Well, it puts them... What they really should do with stuff like that is they should separate, right? It should yeah. be its own show. Or That's the only way. Or right. not do it. Because like, honestly, it's professional wrestling. It's not shoot fighting. Right, exactly. And I know the Inoki thing uh, hurt New Japan a lot. That's what led to its... Um, yeah. To its not, crappy era. Yeah. A, <laughs> Essentially. Basically, he got pushed out because yeah. it was garbage. It was. And then, you know, he started his own Anoki genome, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> and then New um, Japan lived on and turned into, like, after, like, years and years of... They had to recover from that. Yeah,
1: I know. But, um, you yeah, know, I don't know. I don't... I've never... I thought the brawl for all was interesting because I was like 13. But yeah, honestly, overall the work shoot aspect of wrestling, the fighting part of it, I never felt it had much of a place because it was emulating you know MMA or something like that. Yeah, which is not what wrestling is supposed to be. I so think, that's my opinion.
2: I think if they if to do it right mm-hmm. is to just say like make it a match type. So, say... Like if, bra and panties, casket, shoot. Well, not even shoot. <laughs> Is that just, what you mean? <laughs> no, no, no. So, think of it this way. Yeah, go ahead. Say tomorrow, they, they, Brock Lesnar's like, I'm going to fight some guy at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, blood, piss, and vomit. Blood, piss, and vomit. I'm going to leave him in a pile of blood and urine and vomit. Name a guy. Anybody. It doesn't matter. Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. I'm going to fight Samoa Joe at WrestleMania, right? I'd see that. Right. So, they already fought. but I know say the added stipulation was it's an MMA match. They just say MMA match. Is that what JoJo
1: says when she announces it?
2: Yeah. This is an MMA match. And the rules are MMA, basically. Like, they bring the cage octagon out, like, the whole bullshit. Mm-hmm. And they just fight like it's MMA. It's just a shoot. Okay. But it's like, it's marketed as MMA match, Brock versus Samoan Joe.
1: So you're kind of winking at the fans because they know what MMA is. Right. And you know your fans know what MMA is. And then you even
2: abide by those rules, how MMA rules are with the rounds and all that. But it's a worked match. Right. So it's a, it's a twice-a-year attraction? It's like, yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's okay. it's not even a twice. It's just a special, like, oh, this feud's really gone to this point. It's like, now we're going to throw away the worked wrestling out of it, and it's like, we're in an MMA match.
1: Without saying that it's any more real than right. any of their other matches yeah. were. Yeah, you're You're putting the, the gravity and the levity of the situation comes from the environment, you know, the, right. the cage, yeah. the rules. Yeah. Like, this is how serious these guys
2: are about proving who's better. You have the ref with the... The blood gloves <laughs> yeah. on, like, you know, they, these guys are busted open pretty early on, like right. it's MMA. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. fair enough.
1: I still stand by my mentality that it's, the, the mentality can be weird sometimes and out of place, but the way you're presenting it, I think is yeah. really good. to me, that's the way it that's would have to, to do do work. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And again, even so, you don't want to overuse that, like you're right. saying. It's exactly. like exactly.
2: It's like a once a year maybe, right. even, or once every two years. It's like, it's just like an escalation of a feud. Got you.
1: Okay, well, do we have time for one more quick lightning round question here quinn oh i think we
2: do all right what do we got well this one is mm-hmm. from pat ray okay it says best non-pay-per-view wrestling specials okay coliseum video or tv events okay now i think he's just giving examples there but i would think so um, what are your favorite non-pay-per-view wrestling specials hmm. there's a, there's a few i mean now, does Saturday Night's main event? Count? Yeah, the, okay. those would definitely count. The, okay, a lot of
1: those in the in the late '80s were really good. I love like the '87, '88 Saturday Night's main events. Right, those
2: feel like real special. Absolutely, right? it it gets worse after like '89. It's not as good. Right. Now, do you consider like Coliseum tapes where they say it's like an event, but it's just a bunch of compilation matches, like, like, like WrestleFest '92 yeah, or something, like, do WrestleFeast Feast '90? I count
1: it. Now, let me give you a little taste of this Wrestle Feast we have cooked up for you. My favorite one is WrestleFest '91. Um, there's also the action. WrestleFest 88 event. Yeah.
0: Hello, everyone. I'm Sean Mooney, and joining me here in Milwaukee for this Coliseum home video exclusive are Lord Alfred Hayes and the former World Wrestling Federation champion superstar Billy Graham. And Milwaukee
2: County Stadium is filled to capacity for WrestleFest. You know what's funny That's about those Coliseum crappy. tapes, though? I never what? really remember specific <laughs> matches on them because some there's so many damn compilations.
1: If you want some quick suggestions out there, folks, I would say uh, on the Coliseum end, WrestleFest 91 is fun. WrestleFest 94 is the one with the Steiners and hearts. Yes. That one's really now, good. isn't that
2: also the one where at the end, Gorilla goes, is that Pat Patterson? Look how fat he got. <laughs>
1: yes, which I was able to use in an episode a couple of weeks ago, and now yeah. I get to use it again. So <laughs> that makes me happy.
0: Oh, we've got a lot of guys out there. Who is that Pat Patterson? It certainly it sort of looks like Pat. Holy mackerel, did he get fat? Why oh, he... did he let himself go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to put gorilla in yeah. making fun of Pat, yeah, I mean those are good and and as far as like TV stuff, I used to love, and I still do. I watch them on, um, you know, the internet. Those MSG House shows from the late eighties, yeah. early nineties, I love
2: those. I like those too. Those you got to be more in a mood for. Oh, do, I feel yes. like they're not as accessible. I feel personally the Coliseum Video stuff is the most accessible. I agree, and it's so much fun. Coliseum's it's very consum- fun. Consum- very consumable, and it like is. you know what you know which one I like. Like, uh, hottest matches, hottest matches. One is good. Where Sean Mooney is like burning up at the end. <laughs> um, yes, that's one of them. They also have the Super Tape series. The super those tapes are good. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're all fun. There's a lot of fun ones. I think the ones that are real dog shit is yep. those hour long Coliseums like oh, that cheapos. are like later on by yeah. like Good Times Video <laughs> or some <laughs> yeah. terrible company.
1: Yeah, Good Times did them and Columbia did. Uh, and some of the world tours are good too. There's World Tour '90, '91, '92. Yeah, those are great. Global actually. Warfare for '93. Those are fun. Um, so I would definitely recommend folks checking those out and, and you know the Battles World Tour ones yeah. to me
2: those are more uh presented as non pay per view wrestling specials because they're all from the on tour WWF so it feels like, true. It feels like you're getting to experience the matches that happened on the international tour on a tape all compiled all like all the best ones basically the main events or whatever
1: absolutely which also reminds me before we wrap up here yeah. um, that there were there were UK only pay-per-views like Rampage 91 92 and 93 or like
2: Rebellion 2000 yeah, in, or yeah, something yeah 98,
1: 99 um, so those technically to us weren't pay-per-views but you get like Gorilla and Bobby in 92 Yeah, the
2: Royal Albert Hall show from 91 yes. is really fun also what is the one where Sean beats the British Bulldog for the European belt one- um one night only Yes, to me that one lo- looked on paper like I always want. I don't remember if I got to see it's it or good. something. Well, we
1: watched it together once. We did. We okay, did. yeah, because yeah.
2: I think it's on the network now. It is, right? and, but, and
1: it's not good. I think we watched it before the network.
2: Yeah, I just always <laughs> love the idea of Sean like getting the European yeah. title like way <laughs> after he needed a mid-card oh, title. Man.
1: back in the days of watchwrestling.feet and all that stuff. Yeah. Remember that site? Yeah, way back in the day. Yeah. Well, that's a great question, Pat. We're just about out of time though on Pop the Question, so we want to remind you to send in your questions to OVP Podcast at Gmail com and let us know that you have a question that you want asked but you know what we have some more things to do when we come back so we will be back right after a word from our sponsors here ovp podcast will return after these brief messages
0: on march 20th the greatest show on broadway returns for a limited engagement a star-studded ensemble these guys most lavish costumes outstanding, and performances so unbelievable they'll take your breath away oh! on march 20th the most spectacular show on broadway will be performed live in your living room wrestlemania 10 10 years in the making exclusively on pay per view
2: hi this is jameson remember me <laughs> yeah me neither you're listening to our vantage point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome
1: back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. Episode number 63, January 1st, 2018. You know, Quinn, one thing we want to make mention
2: of that we didn't is we have a Patreon. Yes, Patreon. It's good. <laughs> it's where you can get all the extra content. There is extra content, believe it or not. What type of stuff is there, Michael? Well, there's the weekly commentaries yep. where every week we'll pick a match and we do a like a podcast audio form commentary and what it allows you to do is we give you a point in the video it's always wwe network so that you know any of you subscribers out there you can just literally like go to a time point hit Mm -hmm. play when we tell you to and you have us talking over The footage of
1: Savage Crush, for example, or the Hearts and Demolition and various others.
2: It it gives you that. I I know some people have said on the board, oh, I'd really like to just hang around and watch wrestling with you guys or something. Well, now you can. That's how you can. I've had people that have actually told me they listen to
1: it without even syncing it up. Yeah. Which, I, I, that's not the point, but hey, yeah. to each his own. <laughs> so whatever you want to do with it, sure. And that's a $2 per month tier. And then for $3 per month, Quinn, what do
2: they get? <laughs> well, every month you get a live re- video live review, that's I should correct. say. Not regular live, mm-hmm. video live review of 1982
1: WWF. That's right. And the newest one came out today. Yes. Today and on the first. They come out the first of every single month.
2: Yeah, and I... You know, I've never said this on the show, but the significance, the background as to yes. why we're doing that mm-hmm. is because um, that is the point in which Vince McMahon Jr. buys the company from Vince Sr. That's correct. And we're looking, you know, as we watch it progressively change. Yep, so, exactly. So it's some good stuff. Yeah. So if you want to
1: join, it's patreon.com slash for two or three bucks a month or whatever you want to give. You know, we'll be thankful for anything. We appreciate it. And um, thank you for being a friend. So, yep. <laughs> uh, Quinn, you know what we have next. Uh, Rushmore and Death Valley. That's right. And that is where each week Quinn and I put and will continue to put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst of something are going to go down into the desert of Death Valley. And I'm going to tell you what it's going to be this week. It is the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of WCW moments. This was suggested, yeah, by AJ Smith, a, a friend of the show. WCW Moments, Quinn. His parameter here is just the four best and worst things that happened.
2: <laughs> well, moments are something that in you WCW, remember generally, yeah. right? And um, guess what? I had the choice. You have the voice, Quinn. Well, when I think of moments
1: in the <laughs> World Championship Wrestling, yes. Uh, which I suppose we should start it at at the Turner Purchase, right? I guess. I that's mean, when it I became guess, WCW. Yeah, I mean,
2: I don't know what the criteria was from the listener over no, there, but that's technically. When it started, right. honestly, the biggest moment to me is not even like a world title or anything like that. It's, really, it's not even main event. The biggest moment to me is Cyclope the reveal of who cyclope was. Are you
1: serious? Yes. That is awesome, Quinn.
2: Yeah, it's actually one of my favorite things to ever happen in WCW.
1: A little background on that, folks, is that in 1998, Jericho had been feuding with Dean Malenko. Right. Made him retire, right,
2: didn't he? <laughs> well, first of all, it actually has a background in, like, a lot more stuff. Go ahead, Quinn. Like, for example, Jericho had spent most of late 97, early 98 collecting items from different wrestlers yes. that he defeated. Uh, I believe he got Rey Mysterio's mask at some point. He got Hooventude's mask. Or Hooventude's mask. He got... Uh, Psychosis's mask, I think, so, as well. Yeah, He got he got a bunch of, like, things yes. from all these wrestlers. Yes, he right? did. Mm-hmm and he would display them. He had a picture of Dean Malenko, I guess his pride or something. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. And, and he, right. he would just talk about how he was so great. And sure. He, of course, he had collected the cruiserweight title and all this, right? Yes. So he had basically completely humiliated all the cruiserweights, right? Mm-hmm. That's what he did.
0: Dean said a lot of things to me during his short, unsuccessful tenure at WCW.
2: He keeps avoiding. He's ducking Dean Malenko, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's saying, you know, Boris Malenko, is your dad is a loser. His dad was Boris Malenko but he would call him Bor-us Malenko. It's wordplay. Yes. And you know Jericho was just in general a pain in the ass for He's the very entire cruiserweight division very to funny. the point where like he would do things like um he would had a list of the moves that he oh, had God, and, yeah. and he, he refused it. to leave the ring until he, he listed that he had a thousand and four holds as opposed to Malenko's a thousand holds and, and it, what was awesome about that moment was is that Jericho began to read the list and then they went to commercial and they came back and he was still in the ring reading yeah. the
1: list oh my gosh that was good a
0: shut up press. Get a <laughs> number 10 right headed meet Erica She's only three years
1: old, but she already puts in a longer day. Back,
0: hold number seven hundred and twelve. bar? Can we physically Hole get him out of the ring? I-
1: and of course, this all started with the cruiserweight battle royal at Slampery '98. The specific sequel pay thing that Quinn is talking about, right? That's where Jericho, and we've played this on the show before, reads the list of people: Johnny Swinger, Swanger Swinger. Swinger. Yeah. This guy's a zero out of ten <laughs> chance.
2: Like he's he's giving out of ten chances, right. for, which makes no sense mathematically as they all come down. And one of those guys is sequel pay. Who it's like, who cares? Yeah, you just think it's another generic right. masked cruiserweight. It, it was just one of those things. Is it kind of WCW? Taking advantage of the fact that they did have so many true random cruiserweights come in over the years that you would think you knew who Seclope right. was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Seclape is last in the ring with uh Hooventude. Right. Hooventude eliminates himself.
2: Yeah, he looks. There's a big moment too. That's that that in itself is a moment when they look at each other. Yep. They handshake, mm-hmm. and then Juventud's like, go get him, pal. And he jumps over the top rope and eliminates himself.
1: The The winner of this battle royal, by the way, was going to face Chris Jericho right then and there. That right. was the point of
2: the battle royal. Right. So Sequel Pay and Jericho face off in the middle of the ring. Before the match gets started. Mm-hmm all of a sudden sequel play demasks and first of all they had built this up in WCW by this point that like when cruiserweights never lose their masks and if they do like it's horrible like huventu lost his mm-hmm. mask and that was a big bad thing yep sequel play rips the mask off himself to reveal it's dean malenko to probably the biggest pop Ugh. i've ever heard in WCW ever that's not up
0: look at that that's dean malenko he's back the man of a thousand holes! Jericho for the title right now. Everyone standing, and we're off and running. Well, I've never seen Maliko like this. Have you ever seen him with this acceleration? What Jericho said about this man, the way he's talking about his father who's passed away. Jericho, you're in deep, deep
2: doo-doo tonight,
1: and Malenko wins, of course. He yeah. beats the shit out of Jericho. That is one of my favorite things that WCW ever did.
2: Yep. It validated everything that ever happened in the Cruiserweight division. It showed that that could be, like, the main thing. I'm almost
1: tempted to put this on as number one, but I feel like I need to volley you. Sure. In terms of favorite WCW moments, right? Right. Scott Hall appearing from the
2: crowd. Right. There's that, too. Might Might be my number one. Here's where I, as far as, before we get into the meat and potatoes of that... Yeah, which we've talked about plenty of times. I don't think that that has the emotional resonance of the cyclope moment. Oh, certainly not. It, it To me... Okay, you know what? Fine. The cyclope is a moment. Like, yeah, in, in all terms. So, like, if you were to define a moment in general. Something where you feel a connection, there's a catharsis, if you yeah. will... I mean, like, it almost makes you want to cry because of, like, all the stuff with Boris and all that shit. Like, his dad, and, 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 like, he kisses, he gives the kiss up to to sky, and it's great.
1: I'll put it on for number one if you'd like to. It's so
2: good, Joe. I don't care if we catch
1: any hell for this. You need to watch this before you say another word about it, folks.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Slammery 98, check it out, Cruiserweight Battle Royal. All you gotta do is watch that whole entire sequence. It tells you what you need to know going into it.
1: For number one, the yeah. sequel pay I'm asking? Yeah. Well, it is our vantage point. Yeah. <laughs> but Hall coming through the crowd in terms of a moment, yeah. while it doesn't have, like you said, the emotional impact, certainly. Yeah. Biggest deal. Oh, one yeah. One of the I biggest mean, deals. It, well, it was exciting. It did have that emotional, emotional yeah. thing to it. It's memorable. It's game-changing. However, there's probably one that I can think of that we'll both really really appreciate and it was emotional it was a big deal and that would be Lex Luger defeating Hulk Hogan short lived as it
2: was yeah it's like a five day title reign
1: but this was before
2: you know beating the NWO was thought to be like temporary right
1: Luger was the first one to actually cleanly beat Hogan for the title in WCW like that right August of 97 right before Road Wild. that
2: was actually emotional yeah Holy shit. I just it was like a total surprise. You know, and it that's, was that's what got me at the time. I I really just I thought Luger was, you know, his his face that he was feuding with that month. Mm-hmm. That was basically it. And it was like the highest Luger ever got in WCW in that era anyway. And they built him up good. I remember there sure. was months and months. I mean before they had that whole is he good is he bad but by the time <laughs> yeah. the time the Yo came along he was just good. He was just good yes. Yeah. And I just remember him like going on this reign of terror for like a month or two where mm-hmm. he just torture racked like the roster uh-huh. yep. and like his like glorious like public domain music played like every time. <laughs> You're right. And like it was he had good public domain music <laughs> yeah. though and it was like it was very like celebratory and it, it felt like also his music had that weird like feel to it where it was like He's getting better every time. Yeah, it's I like, like that like Rocky sort of... Yeah, it's like, Oh,
1: <laughs> man, this guy's going to do it. He's yeah, going to do it. He's, he's fighting. He's yeah, training. Yeah. that was And it culminated with him beating Hogan again. He only held the title for a few days. Fine. Yeah. But as a moment...
2: Yeah. I mean, people... The, the crowd popped big. When Hogan... I, I'll never forget the sight of it, too, of, of Hollywood Hogan in the torture rap. Tapping out, right? Tapping out. It was awesome. Ugh.
1: That is probably, actually, what I would put on next, but... You got anything else before we I start? I think as
2: far as a moment's concerned, yeah. I can't think of anything higher um, than those the Sequel Pay and the Hogan tapping to the torture rack thing.
1: Now, what about Goldberg beating Hogan?
2: I think moment-wise, it's not as emotional. It's not. It's you're not, right. It's not. It's not. It's just
1: not. I agree with you. Yeah. The Luger thing, this is why, and I we might touch upon this later, uh, this is why the Sting Hogan thing was half-fucked. From the outset, because right. they blew their load with the Luger win four right. months earlier.
2: Right? Was that only four months? Yes. Wow, it felt like a year before. I know that they never could
1: have recaptured that, felt that like lightning. Another time, I know. Like- I Completely, know. And I just remember the celebration, the whole roster comes out yeah. with Luger and Giants cleaning off the spray paint off the belt. I remember that. Yeah, was there's thinner.
2: The, the paint thinner in the middle of the ring. <laughs> yeah. Isn't even like Sting like pointing to him or something from the ceiling? Like, good, good job sir. Like, I don't think so, like,
1: but I like that the idea of that fake visual that you
2: just yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, With like the bat when yeah, pointing like, Or like think. just salutes him like with the bat. I don't <laughs>
1: think that happened at all, but that's funny to think about. I'll put it on though for, for seriousness sake. I would put that on for number two if you're okay with it.
2: Uh, Yeah. I don't think anything can emotionally eclipse it. You're yeah, I right. think those are the two emotional ones. All right. That, now, the, way, the, the rest are going to be more impactful. Impactful. Okay. Yeah.
1: So for number two, Luger and Hogan, August 97
2: Well, what about that Goldberg one? I mean, that was they had a motion.
1: Yep, it th- did. That was in the sense, whereas the Luger one was a surprise. This was like, y- you pretty much knew Goldberg was going to do it. But it felt it was, like a changing of the guard. Yes. It felt like, okay, like this NWO shit is done. Correct. Like, uh, it's like if you're really hungry and you know you're going to eat dinner, yeah. y- you can't wait to eat. You know what I mean? Right. You can't wait for that great meal. The- Goldberg beating Hogan was like, I know it's going to happen. Right. Let's get it the hell over with already. This felt
2: like, okay, we're closing the book
1: on yes. the NWO finally. Like, finally. this is it. And, and essentially, in the old version of the NWO, WO they did. Right. It lived on obviously way too long, right. but that's like the end of the initial like Hogan led NWO 1 NWO. One, yes, okay. exactly. Um and it was a huge moment that's July of 1998 Quinn has told the story about how he stayed up to watch it um, yeah. with um great excitement, you know, yes. as as Goldberg defeated Hulk Hogan. Um Hogan said he was going to kick Goldberg's butt if I'm not mistaken
0: yes. and he
2: that is a special nitro in all sense of the words because it's a television show sure and and say besides the whole why is it on tv let's just remove that out of the equation right yeah, yeah, yeah. um the fact that the week before especially when they didn't really gave give a shit about hyping like an episode back then no, something, no not then not then. yeah like the fact that like they used they actually utilized Thunder properly for once with In JJ case, Dillon, right yes with JJ coming out <laughs> and, and saying I have a big announcement yep. he said he had the announcement on Nitro if I recall mm-hmm. and he said I'm going to announce it on Thunder mm-hmm. he comes out and at the time I remember not really being ready for that right. I didn't think it was that right right I thought maybe maybe that Goldberg was fighting him at the next pay per view or something mm-hmm. but he says you know Monday night. In the Georgia Dome, Bill Goldberg will fight Hulk Hogan. The crowd at fucking thunder, yeah, was like, holy shit! Like right. it, the buzz was like palpable, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Good it word. was like, damn,
1: yeah, that was huge. Yeah, it, that was a big deal. The Buzz was there, and uh, it paid off, right? In terms of a moment, though, not emotional as much as shock value and and game changing was Luger appearing on the first Nitro, right? That was a big deal too. Yeah. Uh, is that a bigger deal than Hall, though? Probably not. I don't even think
2: it's... As far as... We're talking about moments here, right? Overall moments, Overall yes. moments. And sure. to me, moments mean emotion. Well, that's fine. That's and part, that's of, part the, of the definition. Like, that's that's why the Goldberg thing is the closest. Okay. Let me throw another one at. Out sure. There. This is a little
1: unorthodox. Not many people might think of it, but on the last Nitro, Sting fought Ric Flair yeah. In the last match, the last main event, which was also the first Nitro main event. Right. So now you have, you know, all these years later, in the very last Nitro, an emotional shirt wearing Ric Flair <sighs> versus Sting. In a shirt too. one last time. Um it was emotional. Somewhat. Um bittersweet, perhaps.
2: I felt just shitty. You know, <laughs> yeah, I felt angry at okay. the time. And I'll i I'll tell you why. Go ahead. It wasn't a I wasn't even feel good. I felt like there was something like Ric Flair hated this company. Well, yeah, he hated this place. And also I felt bad for sting because sting was a top name and you knew Vince would never treat him that way. So he wasn't coming. Okay. And it felt sad. It didn't feel it wasn't good emotion. It wasn't good emotion. (laughs) It just felt like here's Ric Flair. That's going to probably like, you know, fill some commissioner role or, you know, that's like, essentially what he did yeah, in WWF. Yeah, like he's not really going to be anything anymore. Yeah, okay, um, fair enough. And and meanwhile, Sting is probably going to uh, who know? Nobody knew. Nobody what knew Sting, what Sting would do. But they 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 knew he probably wouldn't head to WWF. I remember that being mm-hmm. like pretty known yep. at that point. And yep. So it, which sucked. It just that just sucked.
1: Knowing that you weren't going to get Sting.
2: Right. It's like as much as you know the ups and downs, and I know you're not the biggest Sting fan, but I'm like not. it does. Overall, like if you're going to combine. WCW and WWF. Mm-hmm. Even you would have to admit, like Sting's got to be you there, need right? Sting. You need Sting for the
1: full effect. I agree right, with exactly. you. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Whether you like him or not, he is WCW. Yeah,
1: absolutely, one hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, for number three, then I would have to say if we're if we're talking your definition of of a good moment, and I agree with it. Yeah. Hogan Goldberg is then probably my number three as well. Yeah, because I, it was a cathartic like release.
2: You know what yeah. I mean? There, there was it was tangible. And it felt like WCW was set in stone. Like it was like yeah, they could have they, w- they were going to be okay for the next generation yep. of wrestlers. Yep. Like they had their name. They had their big guy.
1: And that's the thing. When they do something right, it always did feel that way. Yeah. And they did it right with Hogan Goldberg there. Um, very similar to the way they did it right with Luger and Hogan. Yeah. That was just a very short term plan. It
2: felt like the next generation was insured.
1: I agree Goldberg with you. Yep. At that moment. If you're game, I would put it on for number three. Yes, I'm, I'm game. For number three, Hogan Goldberg, July 1998.
2: This is where it gets interesting. Go ahead. With the NWO. Mm-hmm. The Scott Hall moment, mm-hmm. definitely up there. Yes. Even Kevin Nash showing up is definitely up there. That was big. But would you say the true biggest moment of all of that is Hogan yeah. turning heel? I would. Scott Hall's is the precursor, right? It's awesome. Can't it's have cool. The,
1: great moment. And obviously you can't have the Hogan one without the Hall one, but right. uh, emotionally, Hogan.
2: <laughs> I mean... Whatever I, reaction that elicited fucking, okay, from someone... The sight. To this day, I will never forget it. It's like it burned into my head. Like, I will never be able to unsee it. The sight of Hogan still in the yellow and red at the time. Right with the garbage being pelted out with mean gene <laughs> saying sure. how could you do this yep. with hall and nash flanking him mm-hmm. with him you know saying that you know you're all trash to me like the trash in this ring yep. pointing to them doing that that point he does to yep. hall and nash yep. everything about hogan is cool at that point finally yes New World Organization, you know, like uh, to me, that whole promo is on par with identical and and, uh, how much for the plastic surgery. It's like a most memorable Hogan promo.
0: And the New World Organization of wrestling, brother.
1: Hogan knocked that whole turn and promo out of the park
2: he, he was amazing he started off with like a bang he was just like no brother i'm heel now fuck yep. you like Tell these people to shut up yeah i think is how he started the promo right it's like he knew he did he knew how to he knew how to play the completely opposite side perfectly better than almost anybody else i agree with you yeah he was he does not
1: get enough credit for his talent Right, I mean that too, and I don't. I'm not in love with Hulk Hogan. Sometimes he's really horrible.
2: He knew how but, to manipulate shit. that charisma that he would really only honed towards being a face in the
1: last 16 years, right, yes. or however long it had been,
2: and just turn it right around and use all that same charisma in the reverse direction.
1: Yep, it was amazing. It revived his career. Yeah, and it put WCW as number one. But emotionally, it had impact. It, it, it elicited some kind of reaction from the from the fans. Shock, Shock more so than anger, I think. I would say so. Surprise. Maybe some people were happy. Some of the smarkier fans, you know, the match type I people. I feel like
2: the garbage was. I always wonder about this, but I, I wonder if it was incited by some a plant and then it got out of hand. Maybe. Because then it became a thing. Yes, it did. Like it became almost like a joke. It was like people are cheering Hogan Wall throwing garbage at him. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it was just fun to do, right? Yeah, it was like. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm. I... <sighs> I don't know how you beat that.
1: I, I, I mean, honorable mention. The like Booker winning the world title was was can I,
2: nice. Can I say something about the Hogan thing? One other thing, you absolutely may, Quinn. This might be. This might really rattle you as a as a big WWF guy. Yeah, but do you think WWF ever executed a heel turn that like magnificently on that scale and that level ever? A heel turn? Yes. I I don't think so. I I think it might be the best heel turn ever. Yeah, probably. And it's owned by WCW and Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan. The
1: few that come close in terms of success, whether you like it or not, yeah, Zabisco turning on San Martino was hugely successful in terms of what it was able to do. Orndorff turning on Hogan was hugely successful, but even that, and Savage turning on Hogan was very successful. Yeah,
2: maybe Savage is the but, closest
1: they have. But it's a totally different thing. The Hogan one was more of a shock value. Yeah, Savage and Hogan was nuanced, and you knew that like the seeds were being planted. Right, you, know. you didn't see the Hogan coming at all. Right. That might be the best heel turn of all time, but that aside, I mean, it's one of the best WCW moments of all time. Yep. I have nothing further to contend against this one. Yeah. Do you want to do it? Yep. All right. For number four, Hogan Turns, 1996. Well, to recap for Donnie, we have... uh... (laughs) Ciclope and Chris Jericho Dean Malenko that, that whole scenario there For number one We have Luger Defeating Hulk Hogan August of 97 We have Goldberg Defeating Hulk Hogan July of 1998 And we have Hulk Hogan Turning uh, against the WCW Basically Yeah My Bret Hart The WCW Yeah <laughs> In July of 96 Three Hogan moments Three involve Hogan Amazing,
2: huh? And the the one that we put on first (laughs) involves the Cruiserweight, so
1: go figure. That's our vantage point, and folks, obviously, we want to know yours. You can reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast, email us, or simply uh, let us know on Facebook. But Quinn, you got to pick the best first. I'm going to pick the worst first. Okay. I'm going to put it right out there and say it. David Arquette winning the world title is one of the stupidest things that's ever happened
2: I, I'm In surprised he went with that first. I don't know why. I just I figured something like RoboCop, well, or that's or something. Also bad. Yeah. Here's my main
1: reason, okay. And I'm not. It's not a cliche like oh Vince Russo sucks, yeah, type of thing. It's just a very stupid thing. Yeah. Forget who booked it. Forget which actor it is that wasn't a wrestler. I it's horrible that it's David Arquette of all people. Yeah. Why? Just that it was dumb. It didn't kill the company. You know, I don't. I'm not going to overstate it.
2: <laughs> who cared about WCW in April 2000 anyway? Well, Jeff Jarrett especially did, because he, this... Honestly, <laughs> this was about him. Oh, God, yeah, this, it was. This David Arquette shit was. So I just don't like it, Quinn. It's a bad moment. It's a bad moment used to get uh, used as a vehicle to get Jeff Jarrett the heel over. <laughs> yeah, that's not like, a like point in If you, in you really favor, think about right. it. So that's my first volley to you. It's horrible. It's really bad. I don't know, like... Ugh. But there's some moments that stick out as bad, and I, I don't know, maybe it's worse. <sighs> David Arquette's really bad, though. It is. Um, what about the the taser to Goldberg to effectively end what was so good with it? Like a short time after it started? That's one of the main problems of, for all that
1: we said about Hogan losing to Goldberg, right? And Goldberg in the next generation and it's all this shit. It's one of the finest moments. Yeah. And then five months later, yes. Kevin frickin' Nash, Diesel, yeah, with help from a security guard dressed Scott Hall and a taser. Who looked pretty drunk, too. He did. Uh, defeat Goldberg.
2: Now, does Goldberg have to lose eventually? Yes. yes. Did he have to lose there? No. This was like pulling the double ref thing on Hogan, but like only like a month after he became the champion. <laughs> Instead of four years yeah, later, right? Yeah. Exactly. Look, whether or not Nash
1: was the guy to beat him, fine. Was that the time and the place and the way to do it? No. No, that's what I'll always say. Yeah. They could have stretched it out at least another four to six. It should have been at least months. a year. Yeah, he exactly. should have been the champion a year. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> really? Because like Hogan had dominated the world title scene for like over two years. Yeah, fucking four years,
2: really. Yeah. Since he like came in the door, Hogan was <laughs> yeah. dominating. Exactly. And we get like a few months out of Goldberg. As much as I hate David Arquette, and yeah. I think he will make this list. As far as like the honor of being number one, I hate. That Goldberg thing. Like a lot, a lot. I hated it at the time. I still hate it now. Like it sucks. I don't <laughs> what,
1: wait, what did you just say, Quinn? It
2: sucks. It sucks. Yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> I
1: think um I think it's really bad. I think what happened the next week is possibly worse. Oh,
2: you want to go ahead with that? Because maybe that is a lot worse. The finger poker doom. Okay, uh, You want to explain that because I, yeah. we say that, we, but we not everyone about it. may have go- goes to Scott's blog and like, knows, <laughs> like the in-depth history of the Smarks.com and all, all, all that. All right, well, <laughs>
1: the finger-poking to folks. Here's the problem with it, okay? As we mentioned, Nash beats Goldberg for the title. Right.
2: Why? Why? <laughs>
1: the next week, the next week. After that horse. Oh, after that horse on yeah. Nitro. In the midst of the Monday Night Wars, you know, we've talked about this, WCW promotes the return of Hulk Hogan. Right. So Hogan now is coming back and he's going to fight Nash for the world title.
2: Right. Live Monday Nitro. And if I recall, he has a weird getup on like not NWO, but Black, but Jenko's or something. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: um, that's where the infamous, you know, that'll put some butts in the seats comment came from that night. Right. That same Nitro. Yeah.
2: Believe it or not, only in WCW, you can't make this shit up. I know that's where
1: they give the fans the middle finger because they book a ruse of an angle you know it's three's company the match it's a a farce it's a slapstick where Nash you know gets finger poked by Hogan Hogan pins him we have a new world champion Hulk Hogan now here's why this sucks it's because they should have just had Hogan win the title back from Goldberg at some point if they wanted to have him win the title back yeah just in a match just have him win it in like a few months or something against Goldberg Right? have the fucking Scott Hall interference if you need to but why the bridge from Goldberg to Nash to Hogan and oh, it was all a ruse. We're really all still friends. Like, what the
2: fuck are you talking about? My only thinking was is they felt it would kill Goldberg more if Hogan beat him. I think either way... But what I say is why couldn't just... We do the exact (laughs) same match where Scott Hall uses the taser to help Hulk Hogan... Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan beat, beat Goldberg. <laughs> right, that's like, what I'm that's saying. All. And Forget Kevin Nash. Yeah. He didn't need to beat Goldberg.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that's where I'm at with that. I think the finger poke is worse because it's the follow-up to would something you say, bad. Are
2: you, are, are you one of those uh, believers in that that that's the beginning of the downfall or is there different things, would you say? I don't know. I think
1: I think giving Hulk Hogan creative control was part of the downfall. Well, we, we, and I all think those we commented contracts. about it. Yeah. yeah, honestly. I mean, it didn't help, let's put it that way. If they had executed a good storyline that still held people's attention instead of literally slapping them in the face with their c**. <laughs> that might have helped them like throughout their 1999, <laughs> but they started off the year, 99, with the biggest like fart-flam-and-fuck-you they could have possibly <laughs> done. and That's why I think it was bad. That's why I think it sucks. Okay. Alright? Yeah. For number one. Yeah, I'm it, putting it in. Are okay. you okay? Okay. Put it in. Finger okay. poke of doom. <laughs> For number one, the finger poke of doom. Die, die, die! <laughs> so we've got Arquette. We've still got the taser incident. I mean, yeah. that's up there. You mentioned RoboCop earlier.
2: Yeah. That time RoboCop. There's really nothing else to say. It's <laughs> yeah. just like Sting was in a match and, and he Robo- got RoboCop to Sting. help him or something, and it's terrible. Like, so that's bad. Yeah, um, I don't know if that sticks out as much because it's not like company killing or. I know it's, it's not. just some goofy thing they did. It's just one of those
1: things when people want to make fun of WCW, they're able to point to right, kind of like the Ding Dongs, yeah,
2: and See, stuff. I feel like that kind of stuff is less offensive yeah in some weird way it's just as bad as like when wwf uses zeus or something okay you know what i mean like it's like that okay but the arquette thing that's different yeah that's an actor
1: winning the world
2: title that'd be like if zeus won the world title
1: yeah and never wrestled ever again you know like never really wrestled not that he should have wrestled but like arquette is a worse wrestler than zeus well, he's not a wrestler. Exactly. He isn't
2: a wrestler, so I'm not going to say he's a worse wrestler because he ain't a wrestler. He's the guy from uh, Scream. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's uh, that Courtney they, Cox's <laughs> husband. Yes. That they parody in Scary Movie as Doofy.
2: Yes. <laughs> he says, I'm a poopy. <laughs> yeah. He is, I go poopy. Like that guy. <laughs> yeah. <So>, i <I'll> poopy. Did <laughs> you just say my poopy? Yeah, it's good. Get him out of here. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> This guy didn't need to win the world title. Yeah.
0: I go poopy. Did you just say
2: that you, uh, You went poopy? Yeah, it was good. Mm. Get him out of here. Somehow (laughs) that doofy moment is involved with the guy from No Holds Bar. That's the evil guy from the review. Kurt Fuller, yeah. Yeah. Mr.
1: Brell, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I will put it on for number two without any explanation. Get it out of here. For for number two, David Arquette wins the world title April of 2000. Die, die, die. Well, Michael, I have one for you. And this is a weird one. But it technically is a WCW moment. Okay, and it's one that I've always hated and it took place on March 26, 2001 and it would be on the final Nitro and it would be when Vince McMahon is in the ring in Cleveland and Shane comes out in Panama Beach and he's like, the name on the contract says <laughs> Shane McMahon and Vince does like a really stupid face
2: and that's the end of wrestling as we know it You know what's funny about that? That they use WCW logic to effectively close the book on WCW but it's, but it's, it was written by the WWF Right. Ugh I could not stand that when I saw it. I wasn't excited. I wasn't like, well, how I... el- let me ask you something. This never truly offended me too much, mm. but I have to say I know I get why you're mad about it. Pisses it like me off
1: on so many levels, but
2: can I ask, like what else were they supposed to do there because like how do you make w c w in a storyline sense, like exist as a competitor, I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Real quick, because that's a whole different topic in itself. Here's what I personally would have done. This is real quick. I just
2: mean the logistical, physical existence. Right. Here's what
1: I do real quick. Okay. Okay. You have Vince buy it, do the same speech. Like I bought my competition. Ha ha ha. Right. Right. But instead of Shane coming out at the end saying he owns it, you don't do any of that stuff that night. Right. You wait a few weeks. You start to try to introduce WCW. They start invading WWF. And then you reveal that Shane bought it out from under him.
2: But isn't that still the same broken logic that somebody could just go sign a contract or something? Like, yes. How is it different?
1: I'm not... Look, they're going to do their stupid broken logic because it's wrestling. It's where there's yeah. floating cameras that nobody sees, okay? Right. And they give promos. So you got to... They're Irish whips and other moves. Right. So there's some suspension of disbelief. Okay. All I'm saying is that they were going to go that route. You don't blow your load all in one night on the last... And piss on Nitro's legacy or whatever you want to call it whatever it was that's all i'm saying you do the same thing like i bought it dad ha 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 yeah but you wait a while you let wrestlemania
2: breathe you know that hadn't even happened yet here's the thing is wrestlemania honestly didn't need the breathing because it was awesome i think it hurt wcw more it did because the problem with it was is they remember they were like sitting in the crowd yeah, like, or, like assholes but they were, like it wasn't even like immediate like it took a while before they could get like <laughs> wcw even on to raw it was bad though the way they handled it they so. let it happen and sit there and yeah. they didn't capitalize on it for like i want to say like three months like no one gave a fuck about WW like after that they just did it like improperly, but I'm- which always felt on purpose to me because they just hated them for <laughs> <laughs> like oh we bought this uh, thing we hate yeah pretty much like that just despite them yeah uh, that's that's half right I think Sometimes honestly I'm, I I get sad that like. WCW wasn't bought by Bischoff because at least it would be in the hands of somebody that gave a shit about it. Like I could give you that, yeah. You know I- what I mean? As much as you don't like Bischoff and all this, he, to me, should have been the rightful owner of the company.
1: No, I mean, spiritual successor, right? It, yeah. it would have made sense. Right. But that would be my pick, but if you got one coin, if you want to throw another one out there, I'm fine with it. I just don't like
2: that whole Shane comes well, out on the last Nitro. Actually, you want to know... I have another one that pisses me off always sure. only because, and, and I know it involves people that we don't like and blah, 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 but it's just unprofessional and terrible. What is when Vince comes out and says, there's going to be no Jeff Jarrett. And he named uh, also not just Jerry named a bunch, B- of wrestlers. bunch of guys. It's so fucked up. Like it is and like F you. And you're like, I hate p- these people. So they're not going to be hired. You don't need to go on the show the night they get bought. When a lot of these guys are like, you know, yeah. they're like, Oh man, I'm going to lose my job, like right. and, and and tell that to the public. I always hated that. I thought it was like very like wrong.
1: I agree with you. You know what? I think honestly, we should blanket this all under Vince buying it on the last night. Like the last Nitro should be like the <laughs> should make dead. There's Valley. a lot
2: of things about like, it that any- are mean and nasty. Yeah, like anything involving Vince. Yeah, they're and they're not. They're just
1: unprofessional. Like. So I uh, I totally agree. We could call this Vince on the last Nitro is one of
2: my least favorite fucking WCW moments. It's, it's kind of insulting to a company that really gave him a run for his money. And it, it, Literally. it, it came off like him acting like he was already revising history that he, they never gave him even trouble. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was that it was it was starting right there.
1: For, for a couple guys that really love the WWF folks, which we do, this is still, like, and it was great to see Vince, like, buy them in a sense, but it wasn't really. Yeah. And it wasn't really good for wrestling. No. The way Vince, and I know he was half playing up his character.
2: Right. But he also wasn't. Some of it was <laughs> really mean, nasty, very realistic, his thoughts. Yes. Like, about his feelings it, on WCW.
1: It was. And then you cap that off with, like, the storyline part of Shane coming out. Like, yeah. it all sucks.
2: Yeah. It does. It's, it sucks, right? Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But um,
1: is that one of the worst thing? I think it was. That's a bad WCW moment for me.
2: It's probably it's the nightmare for WCW. It's, it's the worst thing that could happen to them.
1: Are we putting on as number three? Yeah. All right. So anything involving Vince on the last Nitro Yeah, for number three. Die, die, die. Okay, so so far we've got the finger poke. We've got Arquette. And we've got Vince on The Last Nitro. Uh-huh. What else is really bad for number four? We've talked about Robocop, but yes. it didn't kill any company. It didn't kill anything. Shockmaster's embarrassing, but that's really about it. It gave them a joke. It's to like goofy. It's their gobbledygooker.
2: Yeah. It's their stupid it's thing. It's basically their gobbledygooker, yeah. Yeah, that
1: everyone laughs about, but it didn't really affect it. Fred Amman, who cares?
2: Yeah. Like, he wasn't going to be a big star regardless. <laughs> um, What do you think of the, like, weird, like, that period where they were like burying rick flair for no reason
1: like, like 99 2000 ish 98 no, no i'm thinking
2: when he 91? got fired or whatever oh you
1: know, not i'm glad you mentioned that because i was actually going to bring that up in 91
2: no 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 no. no? i'm talking to one where like afterwards he came back it's like Ric flair get on down here and like all that
0: my god i
2: almost
1: forgot the fourth horseman rick flair get on down here here we go yeah, I mean that was a real life feud with with uh, Eric Bischoff, a real dispute yeah. that kept Flair off screen for a long time for most of '98, right? Until the uh, yeah, Rick Flair What a go, what a go, yeah, that whole thing. I mean, I don't know if that was, know if it's bad. It was bad, but it wasn't one of the worst things. They were okay as a
2: company. What about the time that Hogan, you know, Jeff Jarrett, and all that got he got screwed by Russo on TV? Yeah, part like, of that
1: was storyline. Part of it wasn't
2: right but again it's i guess i'm putting it in the vein of moments that exposed wcw yeah. as a very poorly run company like like that i would
1: say one of their worst moments honestly what? was Starcade 97 with bret hart coming out and the sting hogan thing i know you hate it's it. poor
2: <laughs> it's just it i I, I don't want to rehash this with you it's it's poor <laughs> it's poor. It's but lousy. It still it accomplishes stinks. what needed to be accomplished. No, it didn't, it it's, didn't work. It's, it's it's I it's it's a horrible It sucks. Stop. It's horrible execution, but it's not Who the cares? worst mash <laughs> It's horrible execution, but it's still at the yeah, end of the no day <laughs> at the end of the day, it still did what it needed to do. Fine. <laughs> in that case. <laughs> I think that, honestly it's more the Hogan like this is why this company is in the shape it's is, like, very fucking horrible for them. Like, like... That's not so that's good. That's very embarrassing. Like, that's... That's a worked shoot. But at the same time, it wasn't. Mm, it was. There, there, it's a worked shoot, meaning some of it was worked, and some of it was a shoot. Yeah, It was. most like, of that was was planned, though. What about just Jeff Jarrett being there in, like, 2000? <laughs> oh, you know what? I got one for you, what? actually. That's a good one, too, Because he never drew a dime. No. But what about the time when they got, like, cut off on the end of pay-per-view? Like the ending. Oh, shit. They did. Right. It's like Halloween Havoc or some 98? nonsense. Like, yeah. In <laughs> Ninety eight.
1: The, uh, the the DDP and uh, Goldberg match. Right. Got cut yeah. off or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny that that that's, that's a bad moment right like, that is a very that's not a good look it's not i think also the time where where they fired flair in 91 and like a week later they had to they had the great american bash pay-per-view <laughs> and they had to like replaced flair with i think it was barry windham or something like that and <sighs> it was just hastily done it was that was horrible what about the triple cage The one where Arquette won the title in? No, the one with um, the mega powers versus everyone in the company. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's one of the worst things that they've ever done. What about just the Dungeon of Doom in general as a moment? That's very poor. (laughs) Because Ed Ed Leslie, like you you name it, that's the wrestling end of it. Decision-wise or moment-wise, yeah, I don't know.
2: I don't know. It did have its good moments, like the time Kevin Sullivan was a grandma in the crowd and beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan and shaved his mustache off. That was great,
1: actually. (laughs) I'm kind of now that now that I really think back to like everything we've mentioned, yeah. The way Goldberg lost was very shitty. Like to bring it all the way back to the suck. to the Taser of Doom, yeah. That was really bad. Uh, yeah, that one
2: is. It's part of the whole. Like, to me, downfall. it's another. It's more of the downfall stuff, and I guess that elevates it, right? Yeah, because it's like it leads to the Vince
1: stuff. It <laughs> leads to it leads to the finger poke. Right. It leads to a lot of stuff. I mean, what do you think?
2: I think it goes in. Okay. Because they, there's there's so many bad moments, but that one really is like a a, a turning the page on WCW's fortunes uh, there.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. All right, yeah. I'll put it in for number four, the Taser. The yeah. Taser of Starrcade 98. Die, die, die. All right, so to recap the Death Valley of WCW moments, we have the Finger Poke of Doom, January 99. We have David Arquette winning the world title in WCW. Yes, that really happened. April of 2000. We have the appearance, any appearance of Vince McMahon on the last WCW Nitro from March of 01 mm-hmm. and we have the Taser of Doom, the uh, <laughs> Goldberg losing to Kevin Nash from yeah. Starcade of 1998. That's our Death Valley of WCW Moments. Thank you, AJ Smith, for the suggestion. You can always suggest anything to us, folks, by going to the suggestion box, available on ovppodcast.com. But Quinn, when we come back, we're reviewing something awful. Yes, we are. <laughs> back after this.
0: Let the parties begin! World Championship Wrestling presents the Bruise Cruise. Come join your favorite WCW superstars for autograph parties, beach parties, and much, much more. Having fun now? Come aboard the Funship Carnival and Carnival Cruise Lines, the most popular cruise line in the world. Call now for information and to reserve your place on the WCW Bruise Cruise. Be a part of all the fun. Only on the Bruise Cruise. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it.
1: And welcome back, wrestling fans, for a vantage point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thank you so much for being here on episode number sixty-three. Happy New Year to you, January first, two thousand eighteen. Quinn, New Year, same old bad wrestling. Yep. <laughs> oh God. boy. Oof. 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 Uh, we I'm are not looking forward to this one, huh? No, we are reviewing something, but I wish we weren't. <laughs> this is a uh, suggestion, Quinn. Unfortunately, thank you to uh, Andrew LaSalle, or Lachelle, depending on how you pronounce that. Is he from Canada? I don't know, but this is this is uh, a. Atlantic Grand Prix wrestling, as, as they, they say. <laughs> yeah. Grand. Now, Quinn, whose dad owned this promotion?
2: Well, have you ever heard of Rene <laughs> Dupree? I sure have. Him. <laughs> His dad. His dad. Emily <laughs> Dupree. His name's a girl's name. Um, Emily. Emile, whatever. Emile. Now, this
1: is... um. Atlantic Grand pre-wrestling folks, which went through a variety of name changes and ownership changes. Surprisingly, I think they still tour. Yeah, they do. So from the 70s into the 80s, they were a thing that uh, is not very good from what we can tell.
2: It's like, Uh, you know, I imagine what they are today, Joe, right? Go ahead that you remember the one that hulkamania tour thing happened in australia or yeah. whatever <laughs> like that's what this is currently my uh, what i'm guessing hey i'm, A bunch I'm not bunch of gonna... former wwe yeah. guys right
1: you think dlo brown is on there or somebody probably and
2: also <laughs> like i noticed that they somehow get japanese wrestlers like i saw current day I, I if any of you follow some current day new japan i saw sonata was recently touring with them A match he, yeah, he's he's a, he's a a prominent Japanese wrestler, is I, all
1: I'm saying. I bet he is, Quinn. Yeah. But here in this promotion, uh, this was the Eastern Canada promotion, you know, like your New Brunswick yeah, province. You know, by Vermont. <laughs> yeah, Nova Scotia, yeah. that type of stuff. Right. We're not talking about, you know, my dad, you know, not, n- not no, any of that.
2: No, no, we're not talking about the country of Canada. <laughs> no. Like the big country. Western Canada or Montana. Yeah. None of yeah. that. No, this is
1: on the East Coast part of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and it's worse. It's worst coast of Canada. <laughs> we weren't enthralled by the stampede we did way back. Remember yeah. from like the late seventies. This is worse than that. This is worse than this is not like Nahuatl levels. Toronto, Canada. Also. Yeah. Oh, definitely. This is not as bad as Herb Abrams UWF. No, but it is very boring and it's very oh pointless God. and you'll see why. So let's get right to it. Now I need to say here, the fella that suggested this, yeah, um, he provided a couple of links However, we chose something different. It's still the same promotion, but it's not one of the links that he provided. Right. This is um, just called like episode number two from whatever series. I don't
2: even think it's episode two. It's not. It's just an episode from, I guess, what we gathered from a little investigative reporting was uh, 1985. Yeah, this looks it looks to be from 85 from everything we could line up. Yeah, not
1: much is documented. Let's put it that way in terms of their television show results, things like that. So it's kind of tough to piece this together. So if you or someone you know has more information about when this was, Don't let us know.
2: What's it on? Cagematch.com or whatever
1: the hell. Cagematch.assholes. Yeah. Okay, so, Quinn, as we start, you say to me, look at this shitty opening with the bang on the drums music. It's like,
2: (laughs) like
1: (laughs) Like it's it's terrible. And it's in a room.
2: Like, we're live from someone's room, it looks like. Yeah, there's literally, like, a wall next to the ring with a bulletin board, like, probably for some other shit that's filmed there. You can see... Office memos. You can see... You know when they the electricity isn't inside the wall, so they put that, that um, like, base? So, like, the conduit and then the... Yeah, yeah so that it's, like, against it but not <laughs> yes. exposed? Yes. Like, you see that going to, like, a light switch <laughs> and, like, a down to the floor to, a, like, a power plug... Like next to the rink. Like it's like somebody it's like we're in someone's basement. Not not even somebody's like house.
1: No, like someone's basement, right? Yeah, it's got that basement look to it. Well, coming down the aisle to the basement, Quinn, is our first match. It is the Cuban assassin versus Sergeant Ryan O'Connor. Who? I don't Who know. are these people? Well, apparently the Assassin Quinn is the eighth wonder of the world. Okay. He so he's Andre? No. He's definitely not Andre. First of all, he's not even taller than the ropes. <laughs> Joe. That's that's a very good observation. Yeah. First of all, how insulting to Andre the Giant to be called a fat Cuban guy. Yeah. The eighth wonder of the world. No. And well, he's not all, a fat French guy. He's so. not a fat tall French guy. You yeah. gotta be tall and fat. And French. and French? the French. <laughs> so you can see the wall. We mentioned and You said to me, Quinn, why is this even a Grand Prix? What is it? A
2: race? I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Well, first of all, Joe, Grand Prix. Oh, so, sorry sorry what <laughs> is that denote though like what that's usually like a rate like multiple races and right. in, in like you get points that's a grand, right. grand prix like in new japan they have the
1: iwgp yeah. international wrestling grand prix you know right. but what is this Even that doesn't make sense but
2: like to an they, extent they, it they have it they, they had a tournament correct for the belt initially that was essentially a grand yeah. prix and but this is just a promotion right and you said and you noted
1: and, and i noted it down here that there's about three rows
2: of that's people there's in the crowd three rows of people yeah um and they're clearly on like school chairs or something yeah those hard plastic chairs yeah and and just there's three rows that are like elevated above each other to make it look like it's deeper but really it's three rows of people and you know you're watching quality folks when the
1: ring announcer gets out of the ring and walks over to the commentary yes, table the ring announcer
2: <laughs> is your commentator
1: that's a sign of quality there now the reason we note all this stuff is quite frankly all of our visual observations here are the most exciting part of this wrestling show oh,
2: nothing's happening there's you, Have wa- you thought things were going to happen on this show no then sorry here's some excitement actually
1: As soon as they start the match, Quinn, the uh, the rope breaks. (laughs) Yep. And the announcer acknowledges it. Remember, he's like, oh, they're going at it really hard. It's (laughs) so intense. Yeah. (laughs) It's so intense that the rope breaks. (laughs) The crowd... Doesn't care at all. Yeah. By the way, as these guys are just like laying around in a wrist lock, and that becomes a theme. A lot of arm,
2: yeah. arm bars, and Ar- <laughs> arm, <ringers>. arm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We'll we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um. And
1: apparently, Quinn, this is the second time in three or four weeks that the ring rope broke. What the?
0: Yeah. I guess the second time in uh, three or four weeks now that we've had the chain broken.
2: that's supposed to happen like once a decade like as the ropes are supposed to break he's like this happened two times in the last three or four weeks what (laughs) should you get that taken care of should you get that looked at (laughs) what the hell the announcer here says
1: that uh ryan o'connor is a name you'll remember
2: i don't know him at all (laughs) you did Did he invent the o'connor role no, that was Pat O'Connor. Sergeant
0: Ryan O'Connor. That's a name you're going to remember. O'Connor, of course, a very famous name in the world of professional wrestling.
1: Who cares? Who cares about this guy? Nobody remembers him. He's got one knee pad on, by the way, so he's like half.
2: He's halfway there to you the know, knee pad era. You know, this place looks like. The arena where Carl and Urkel ah. fought the bushwhackers. And <laughs> family matter. Yeah, it really looks like it. It does.
1: <laughs> the ring is about a foot high, by the way. So, you know like Gorilla would always be like, oh, that's 15 feet in the
2: air. Yeah, this is one foot in the air. <laughs> like Kerry Von Eric. Yeah. So, oh, so apparently. Well, half a foot in the air with be <Carrie> Von
1: <laughs> Killer Carl Krupp. Comes over to the announce desk. Now, this guy, first of all, he sounds like he has the croup. He's like... (laughs) I can't really understand him.
0: He is ready because he has
1: the superior. Anyway, the Cuban wins with some kind of bad, like, boss man slam off the ropes.
2: And I say to you, this stinks... And why is there like a wall? You were in there. So
1: mad about the like had the poor amateur
2: quality. It's shit of this wall on the right side of the ring, the right side of the camera's view. Yep. The whole fucking time, there's a damn wall. There's a wall that is like it's inch, inches between the ropes and and the wall. There's like yeah. this little tiny gap in between. A little alcove. It's <laughs>
1: terrible. Quinn and I were not happy about watching this. Let me just put it that oh, wow. way. <laughs> we go to break with the drum music and we come back. Bob bob bum
2: Terrible. It's time for Hans <laughs> Yeah, versus Chris. Pepper? <laughs> yes, yeah, Sergeant Pepper's son. <laughs> and, and this is, is, <laughs> is this is this is amazing. What, the, what happens, Quinn? So Hans comes with the the other yeah, some other killer carl Krupp. Yeah, with Krupp, right? Yeah, triple K. Well, all of a sudden they start doing a Nazi march. Why not? I'm not kidding. A, like a legit Nazi march with the legs high yeah. and all that. Yeah. And at the end of it, they do the Hitler salute. Yeah, they no, they do. Full blown. This really not happened not giving a fuck. No.
1: Welcome to New Brunswick, Canada.
2: How is this okay?
1: I don't know, but Scott Keith better answer to this. He's the yeah. mayor of Canada, right? Right. The mayor of Canada needs to... This is bullshit.
2: <laughs> I, I don't want Nazis
1: in my no. wrestling. I don't either, actually. Yeah. Now, Chris Pepper, for the record here, he, first He's of all, his quite name... peppery. He, he looks like a guy that would, like, fill in for your normal PSE&G
2: <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah, he looks like a replacement <laughs> repairman.
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> and he's from Winnipeg, apparently. Cool story, Hansel. Pepper kicks this guy's um, ass to start Hans Hermann, and we wonder what year it is as we're watching this. We had no idea at this yeah. time. We're trying to figure it out because of the Germany, and the announcer keeps saying <laughs> the unified Germany. But I'll say this. The production is fine. Sort of. The late 70s. Yeah, it's it's 70s production. (laughs) We got an erm bar by Pepperoni, and um, he stomps on the erm a little bit, and he lays on the erm, and pretty much. So much (laughs) erm. Pretty much beats the shit out of Herman's erm, and very poorly. Yeah. And you said to me, Quinn, he, Pepper, is the worst wrestler ever, and why does he have the Andre Singlet on? So
2: this guy's got the Andre Singlet, but I can't figure out why, because it's not like he's, like, fat or anything. No, he's not. He's just normal looking. Right, it you're... just seems excessive, yeah, right? Like, he's there to fix your furnace. He's not fat. He's just. Not to mention, he's got the underwear pants over his, like, the Andre singlet. strap. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, it's like really weird. I don't know why he did that.
1: You know what? I don't know why either. I do know that you continued to be very distracted by the wall in this uh, studio. it has or- got
2: like a. Dance it's got hall. like a bulletin board on it, and I can't like what's on it. There's like
1: push pins with notes on bulletin board. Yeah, I don't know what's going on.
2: It, this is Are we in a like public in, house? What is it's this? It's in like view
1: the whole time. It is. It's very distracting. So Chris peppers Hans here with right hands, and then he assaults him with another arm ringer. And you said to me, So you're telling me that WWF with Vince Jr. like existed during
2: this. Yes. <laughs> it, it seems like it couldn't happen. Like this is a whole different world, you know? Like it feels like we're watching like, remember that 1969 with Dusty that we mentioned during the wrestler? <laughs> yes. Like it looks like that.
1: It totally does, yeah. Quinn. Totally different world than what uh, WWF and Crockett were doing during this period of time. What everyone was <laughs> doing there. Like Nahwan. Yeah. UWF. And, AWA. Yeah. Everyone was better. So Hans Herman. Herman here finally gets in some offense punches as <laughs> Quinn notices
2: that he and Kroop both look like Vachon's. Oh, yeah, they're, they're big time Vachon fakes. In fact, to the point where I thought one of them, they, they have to be a Vachon, right? They, like, they look
1: like Butcher Vachon or yeah.
2: Mad Dog, but they're not. They're yeah. not Vachon's. Weird. It's very weird. I guess because it's Canada, maybe they figured if we copy them, people will think it's them and watch. That might be it. Few kids in the crowd chant, go, Chris, go.
0: see. Half Herman.
1: I can't even believe they're yelling. I I can't even believe there's kids here.
2: Yeah, (laughs) why would you take anyone here, let alone children? Right. Pepper takes control with a hammer
1: lock and more arm work as some guy from like the crowd of 34 just leaves <laughs> yes
2: and I don't blame him this sucks it's horrible folks it's laying around doing arm work Hor- uh, so much arm so the much whole, arm the whole fucking show with the arm
1: <laughs> shoulder blocks by Pepper but Herman now takes control with an arm bar and then he takes over with a leg bar <sighs> seriously
2: Is this match the whole show? (laughs) Like, it's so fucking long. It's
1: really long. I think we get the finish here. This is what I'm thinking, because we get a flying body press, right? I mean, that's always a finisher in, like, the early 80s. Yeah, that makes sense. But no, Hans catches him with a Ah! power slam. For two. Terrible! (laughs) Then Hans, with a punch
2: for 3. Terrible. <laughs> really? Why did he do the other thing? <laughs> what was the point of this? Negative 1 star. I swear. Yeah. This was one of the worst matches I've ever seen. By the way, uh, I'm the, not kidding. We end it with the beautiful Nazi salute once again as he, yeah, the announcer calls it the symbol. Again, <laughs> this is back like this is the whole thing I was talking about in the wrestler, mm-hmm. where it's like it's not 1943, right, or it's 1945, yeah, it's 1985. 85. Like Nazi Germany, really? They're talking about the reunification of East and West Germany or yeah. some shit. I think it's because like
1: Krupp is fr- or Krupp is from
2: West and right. uh, H- Hermanns Hermits here is from East, right? And that would apparently happen, but they didn't know it. But my right. point is, is they're talking about the end of like the evil regime, yeah. that would exist then, yeah which replaced the evil regime that they're doing an imitation of from like 50 years ago or something. Right.
1: Also, remember when there was two Germanys? That was interesting.
2: Yeah, that was interesting.
1: (laughs) All right, we come back from break here and it's our next match. We have the Super Destroyer number one, not not number two. Okay, this is the original Super Destroyer and he is the international wrestling heavyweight champion. That sounds legit. Now, is that (laughs) like that belt Ric Flair had when he was (laughs) international (laughs) heavyweight champion? You know what? Maybe it's in that same lineage, Quinn. (laughs) Maybe.
2: I guess I'll have to check. Versus T.G. Stone. Yeah, which, first of all, his name. T.G. Stone, (laughs) right? T.G. Stone. Does that remind you of something? Who does it remind you of, Quinn? You ever hear of CM Punk? Yes, I have, actually. So, just to propound this, like, that he's like CM Punk. Sure. He's got like tattoos, and I swear, all the same places. Like the arms, the legs. Like, yeah, it's like s- expanded sailor tattoos. Like they don't look as cool as CM Punk's. I seriously thought he was gonna like look at his fake watch, do clobber and time, <laughs> his, and like cult a personality. He was gonna start playing and then quit. Yeah, and then quit. <laughs> and then just ask 14. for ice cream bars <laughs> and take the title for hostage. and I mean, seriously, he looked just like him. He did look like him
1: from the neck down. Yes. Yeah. The 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 neck up, he had like that white Drano head, you know,
2: the bleach blonde. <laughs> well, he looked like punk before he came to the WWF. Yeah, a little his, bit. His hair, a little. And he also but the weird thing is he had like a Charlie Chaplin mustache, <laughs> not like a Hitler no, mustache. No, no, no. Like, More Charlie Chapliny.
1: I agree with you. Yeah, Chaplin. Anyway, the referee's name is Ron Gogan. If you cared, you Who ob- cares? You obsessed about T.G. Stone the whole match. Um, he, I just it was bizarre to me. Have leg <laughs> tattoos in the eighties, but his, facially he looked like a generic white meat baby face jobber, you said. Yeah. You know, like, He's hi, a- I'm happy! You're right, exactly. <laughs> but he had all those tats. Now, they have, and I'm not making this up, folks, they start off this match <laughs> the exact same way as the previous match with all the arm bars and, and shit. Ugh. Don't the kids chant like, we wanna go home or something? I agree with them <laughs> if that's what they were chanting,
2: but we'll never know, really, because the audio is terrible. It's
1: really bad, and I'm, but I'm serious, folks. It's honestly... Armbar mania here. Or a girl would call it,
2: Oh, Armbar City. <laughs> oh, there's the Armbar Man.
1: <laughs> you know? And you said to me, Quinn, how did people like yeah, sit down how and did watch they, this? Yeah,
2: how did somebody sit in front of this for an hour with commercials and watch this? I would have changed it after the first thing. How, there's nothing to hold anyone's attention here. I guess they have a much lower
1: standard in 1985 New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah. Because this is awful by any standard.
2: It's horrible. This, n- not modern. How did they not get WWF up there? I thought it was syndicated <laughs> like everywhere.
1: In New Brunswick.
2: It's by Toronto. It's not that far away. Near Jack Tubby's area. Yeah. Who
0: do you think you are to speak to me in that fashion?
1: Anyway, a uh, headlock by the Destroyer here. Tell you what he's destroying. Insomnia. Oh! Thank you. His shitty manager, Super Destroyer's manager, is no class Bobby Bass. Why and, would someone <laughs> call themselves that? I don't know. It's like the opposite of Freddie Blast. Yeah. And uh, he interferes Quinn by hitting TG
2: with, like, his mop. Yes, he had like a rag, but like on the end of a pole, like it was like, like a Cuban mop. It's supposed to be a cane, it's but terrible. it's like a mop.
1: As the crowd chants, "We want Columbo" or something. I'm yeah, sure. why
2: can I not understand the crowd? <laughs> no, and there's not a lot of them. No, it's a small room. You would <laughs> think it would be easy to understand. We know more people then are in that crowd. Listen, this room is so small that if we did our podcast in it, you would audibly hear it over the wrestling. Absolutely. And the crowd.
1: It's that small. We'd be right next to the wall, actually. Because it'd be good for the sound. It would trap some of it. Well,
2: Also, we need to plug our shit into that (laughs) power outlet on the corner over there.
1: (laughs) So Destroyer tosses TG to the outside, but Stone rams him into the post. Back inside, Stone with some punches, but Destroyer takes control with a very nasty looking play into the turnbuckle. TG Stone reverses a pile driver attempt, but falls victim to a very good
2: side slam. Good ending there. For three, yep. Destroyer gets uh, the know, win. CM Stone pulls it out <laughs> as, uh, for a good victory. Well, he doesn't win, but I'm saying he makes it look good. At yeah, that was a very good sell yeah. and
1: a very good side slam. Well, we have another match here, folks, and it is Ronnie Rich. <laughs> Great.
2: <laughs> and Ron Starr. <laughs> yeah, not uh, he that name sounds so
1: familiar. Ron Star is familiar. I just cannot put my finger on it. Is it like Ron Bass? Ron? No, it's not Ron Stone? Bass. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But they're facing Quinn. Does this sound familiar? Len Montana. No. <laughs> and Mike Steele. Um, Steele. No. Steele kind of looks like Jesse Ventura. Sort of. Yeah. And, and you said this was your observation that Ron Star is like their token old man on the Ron team.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you know how they had Rick Martel and Tony Garea yes. in 80, like as we're covering in eighty two WWE? Yes. It's like the old man with the young man, team, right? Right. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, like in the seventies and eighties, there was this trope of having like an older veteran with a younger guy, right? And this is their version. So Ron Star is the old Ron. Ronnie is the young one. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the
2: ref is who cares who the ref yeah. is. So you had a question, Do, Quinn? Z- why did this promotion need to exist? This is what I'm asking you at this point. I don't understand. You would think uh, ostensibly to make money, uh, but like, but how? what is he doing? Like what? This is nothing I can't see elsewhere. It's um, boring. It's, it's terrible. It's employing a handful of people. I can get TBS cable in New Brunswick, Canada, probably, <laughs> and watch the Superstation at 605 and see a very similar show, too, because it's like in a studio or whatever.
1: There's no wall, though
2: yeah but I would be less confused because there's no wall true. So.
1: I don't know. I guess if nothing else, this promotion's giving um aspiring wrestlers or veterans a place to wrestle, it's employing some people
2: uh, well, here's the thing. apparently, it existed for a while, yeah. And still maybe exist. I mean, what we were looking at the alumni while we're, we were so bored while we were watching. This. Randy Savage, Randy Savage, Lanny Poffo. I saw Scott Demore of all people. Yeah, I know. Like, In
1: the later version,
2: well, that guy's worked everywhere. He's like,
1: been everywhere: TNA, and, WWF, ECW. I think. What's right? crazy
2: to me about that guy is he's been around since like '95 or something. Like right. he's like been around forever. But like you know, anybody like Canadian, yeah has been through here. It's true.
1: So um, anyways... In we, the Grand Prix. <laughs> in the Grand Prix. As we talk here, there's a standard not good tag team match going on. The announcer says it's the finest wrestling in the world. I um, doubt it. I don't think that's true. Lenny Montana comes in and I think that's Hannah Montana's cousin, actually, if I'm not mistaken, Quinn. Uh Uh, The Ronnies dominate with, you know, your usual tag team garbage, like punches and hip tosses (laughs) and other generic tag team crap.
2: When does it end, Joe? (laughs)
1: That's what I ask. Double drop kick. I know. I know, Quinn. I know. While you're while you're double (sighs) drop kicking it up over there someone gets knocked into the bulletin board though that's a nice
2: spot (laughs) the kid laughs might might knock over some notes
1: (laughs) yeah reminding Marge to turn the coffee
2: on tonight (laughs) or something whatever the hell it is or that there's gonna be this wrestling show here Uh, oh I I would quit whatever cafeteria this is I bet you they left the note that said that this was gonna be like (laughs) occupying this spot here I swear this looks like
1: it's filmed in my middle school's like cafeteria like there's lunch ladies behind that wall taking tater tots out of the oven and putting them next to the jello yeah this is probably where the after school (laughs) program Program takes place this is sack
2: yeah <laughs> people the, are doing their homework <laughs> the during the week
1: the heels are the non non rons uh they double team rich for a bit big drop kick no class bobby bass now comes to the announce desk for no reason for yeah, a few literally minutes literally no reason and the ronnie's win with like that slingshot thing where like the one guy slingshots the other into the ring and he splashes And this them. is
2: supposed to be some big surprise yeah. it's a terrible finisher it is a terrible like finisher. the 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 other guys, whatever they were called. I don't even remember. No one cares. Len Montana The and, Heels. And the right? Heel. The, the Heels Like Heel Steel. It's the first time the faces have one all night. Here. It is actually and it was the, very boring. The heels are stunned. That <sighs> that they could lose in this shitty territory.
1: Yeah, I'm stunned that this territory was a thing. Honestly, I yeah. had never heard of it before. So we go to our final match here. It is Sweet Daddy Siki. I like this guy. I like him too. Finally, someone interesting with Lenny Montana. I don't know why. Versus <laughs> Buddy Lane who sounds like someone but is apparently nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I it sounds it like a name <laughs> yeah. of somebody that should be something. <laughs> but he's not. Uh, Siki has two mirrors to check himself out in. He's so pretty. He needs two mirrors.
2: The thing I like that.
1: Uh, the Sweet Daddy Siki deal here was he was a um, an early. Er, for lack of a better term, black wrestler. Yeah. who um had the bleach blonde hair. It's, he looks cool as hell. He, he looks does. Like,
2: he looks like a space pirate or something <laughs> with is, that haircut. He looks awesome. His like,
1: flamboyant like ring robe and his bleach white hair. Yeah, he's awesome, and he's kind of where uh, Butch Reed the natural butchering yeah, took like his inspiration. there was an animated
2: show in the 90s that I used to like called Cowboy Bebop. He looks sure. like he belongs on that show. He looks like an animated character. He is the only actual, like, engaging thing
1: we've seen yeah. all show. Yeah. And he's he, not in the prime of his career by 85. But he
2: looks like he belongs in the World Wrestling Rest- Federation. There you go. Like, he actually does. Like, I could see him appearing in Madison yeah. Square Garden in 1985. He
1: could fit right in yeah. to the WWF. That's the type of colorfulness that we're talking about here, as opposed to all the generic crap that we were just seeing before. Yeah, so, Buddy Lane being part of that generic crap. So, anyway, here, this match is scheduled for most falls until curfew. What? TV time remaining, how right? many?
2: How many minutes we got left here? Five minutes, thankfully. Yeah. Now, Thank the announcer God.
1: calls Seeky the Sweet Man. <laughs> ah, the Sweet Man! <laughs> Siki, Siki uh, Sika <laughs> falls on falls on the other guy's leg poorly. Um, we get an urn bar by Siki, <laughs> of course, because why wouldn't we? This is taxing watching the show. It's Quinn really really bad. It. Three minutes left as we're still playing around with the urn bar. Siki with a Shouldn't shoulder should
2: going <laughs> faster like, you, you know, would think oh I got like five minutes yeah. to get a point here <laughs> a I, point. I, I should
1: speed it up this is a grand prix uh, final lap here Siki with a shoulder breaker which they call a back breaker I don't know why <laughs> for the pin or a pin one point to, to Siki <laughs> yeah, yeah really one minute's remaining so like Siki just kind of kicks him out of the ring so this is where
2: I'm <laughs> like was this just headcanon that he made up because this yeah, the, the match just kind of ends
1: I think the live crowd didn't <laughs> live crowd is like a very generous term Yeah. <laughs> first of all they're like the half asleep gathered audience <laughs> Right. I don't like the term live crowd here <laughs> they weren't <laughs> very much alive 1991 primetime had a better live audience <laughs> than this okay Tuesday Night Titans had a better live audience right I dream of genie had a better laugh track than this has studio WCW audience. WCW Saturday Night in two thousand had a better <laughs> audience than this. Our podcast right now <laughs> has a better audience. Yeah,
2: live. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I think they just added that on to the TV version. I yeah. think from the crowd's point of view, it was a one just, fall uh, match. Uh, uh, match. Yes. because
2: then he's like rolling around and it's like I don't know if he's going to get up in time. <laughs> like, yeah, the, we the calmly go to break. The announcer, who's by the
1: way, his name is Bill McCulloch. Um, he's like, all right, well, goodbye. See you Kay. next week. Thanks for joining
2: us, if you're still here. Like,
0: <laughs> See it when it comes to an arena near you.
1: Quinn, that is very close to the bottom of the barrel.
2: Okay. Is it the bottom of the barrel? Let's, let's kind of get that out of the way first. No. Okay, why do you say that? Because it, it was still easier to watch than the most
1: recent UWF Fury hour. That was horrible. Really? That is still my number one worst. This, though, has now bypassed Nawa for number two in my mind. Okay, so this is number two. This is worst. number two.
2: So you know you can even though that that shitty UWF had the ninja guy and all that goofy shit, and like it was like on cocaine, like the show was practically on cocaine, like it's somehow better than this just like nothing this was nothing but
1: uwf was like negative something it was taxing it was grading it hurt uwf hurt to watch Lula this hurt too i know but Lula i felt
2: like i was in a grand prix of hurt Lou <laughs> Albano arguing with 12 minutes with that other guy was
1: worse on UWF, remember yeah. where they're just like yelling stuff back and forth, but, but the ninja the was in the show. The ninja, <laughs> I know the ninja, but no, this is <laughs> this is number two of shit in my book. But folks, we uh, obviously want to hear from you. We want to know if you have anything you'd like us to review. Maybe you can find something worse than this. But you know what? Send us good stuff too to yeah, review. We, we like it all <laughs> around like here. Everything. We like everything.
2: We don't. We don't want to just watch this, chunk.
1: No, 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 no. Dude. But after doing the great main event a couple weeks ago, yeah. it was time to mix it up and get into non-WWF territory. Right, yeah. It was certainly fun. But folks, we appreciate you being with us here for episode number 63. Thank you and happy new year. Reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Send us your suggestions at OVP or email us. And of course, go to the Facebook group. And if you want to donate, Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. We will see you next week, January 8th, for episode number 64. And a few days after that, Raw 25 special. Wow. Wow. So till then, have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week and start off your year right. We will see you next week. See ya.
0: And Chris Hopper doing quite a job. Pounding away on the arm. Herman's still wearing the cap, you see, on his left arm. That arm bar and c- continues to apply punishment to the left arm of Hans Herman. Goes right back into that arm bar. See the kind of pressure that Hans Herman is taking from Chris Pepper on that left arm. His foot on that left arm. Had some problems against Chris Pepper. Pepper's been working on that left arm. Shaking his left arm. And Chris Pepper pounds
1: away on the left arm. Stop! Stop!